welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week of July 10th, 2020. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Uh, Behind the Headlines is a somewhat new podcast uh, that takes a look at the biggest local business stories of the week. Uh, we're regularly joined by two panelists. Our first regular panelist is Peter Cavesti from OBJ's Newsroom. Welcome to you, Peter. We would typically have uh, David Sally, one of our other editors, on, uh, but instead today, uh, Dave's off on holidays. We have a great uh, a special guest, Kevin Bourne. Kevin's a public relations and marketing specialist from Shifter Agency, and he's also a contributor recently to Ottawa, Ottawa Business Journal uh, website. Uh, welcome to you, Kevin. Um, Peter, Thanks we're going to start me. with you. Um, yeah, it's great, uh, great to have you here. Uh, Peter, we're going to start with you with one of the biggest, uh, I'd say, ongoing economic stories in Ottawa, and that involves the local housing market, uh, which is seemingly uh, on fire. Uh, what's the big update for this week? So we got uh, new home sale figures uh, for the month of June, and this one actually caught us a little bit by surprise. The housing market has come uh, roaring back uh, in uh, April and May amidst the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. We're seeing you know, sales falling by roughly half. What we saw last month uh, was surprising is that sales are roughly on par with where they've, uh, they were in 2019. Um, then the explanation for that um, is, uh, or the theory I should say, is that buyers and sellers have just adjusted to the new reality that, uh, that they become accustomed to the physical distancing uh, requirements. One trend uh, that's been, you know, part of the Ottawa housing market for, you know, more than a year is just this rapid price uh, appreciation. You know, we're generally seeing, you know, prices rising between 10 and 15 percent uh, year over year, and that's continuing. What's interesting is that we got a separate report uh, this week that, though, that suggested that we might see a little bit of relief in the second half of the year, uh, um, Royal Page, and it was suggesting that buyers uh, tend to jump back into the housing market uh, sooner than, uh, than, than sellers. So again, as everyone does adjust to, uh, to the new reality, we might start to see a little bit of relief as more homes uh, start to, uh, to come uh, onto the market and those uh, big price appreciations moderate a little bit. Um, before we bring Kevin in, Peter, I want to get an update on another story uh, we reported on this week, and that involves um, uh, a, a local uh, life sciences company called Spartan Bioscience. They got a lot of attention earlier on in the pandemic. In fact, it was probably uh, one of the big success stories, possibly, and then they had a, a bit of a trip up with some swabs that are used in their uh, testing queue. Um, but bio, uh, but uh, Spartan Bioscience was back this week with a deal uh, when it struck a deal with Air Canada. Tell us about that. So Air Canada is uh, is looking at how best it can use uh, Spartan's uh, COVID-19 uh, rapid testing. This is a test that uh, can um, uh, assess a patient in uh, roughly half an hour. How best it can use that uh, testing kit for, uh, for passengers uh, as well as um, airline staff. So to, to me, this is really significant for two reasons. One, as you mentioned, uh, did hit a little bit of a bump in the, the rollout of its uh, COVID-19 tests uh, earlier this year. So this is a big show of confidence in the Ottawa uh, company. What really excites me, though, is the, the potential for the airline industry. If, it, uh, if Air Canada and other airlines can really sort of, you know, ensure that no one aboard an airplane has COVID-19, that could go a long way towards uh, restoring uh, passenger confidence and really get uh, people uh, flying again. 
Uh, absolutely, Peter. Kevin, thanks. Uh, thanks for your patience as we just got a couple updates on some uh, big news stories. I want to bring you into the conversation right now. Thanks so much for being with us, by the way. Um, a few weeks ago, you wrote a piece that had a big impact on uh, me personally. I think it had a big impact on our audience. And uh, it was a it was an opinion piece about what it's like to be a black entrepreneur in Ottawa. Can you share some of those experiences with us uh, today? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, having moved from from Toronto, a city that is very diverse, um, you know, the the lack of diversity that you sometimes see in Ottawa is kind of it can be alarming. Like if you come to Ottawa from like a, a smaller city, like I know uh, people who've moved to Ottawa from Newfoundland, and, and you know they really just talk about the the amount of diversity that they do see. Um, when you move from say a larger city, um, you know you, you see the you see the diversity in in Ottawa, but you don't always feel it when you. Um, especially when you look at, um, you know, the business environment and, you know, you know, having worked on Parliament Hill and having worked in, in a variety of different industries in the city, you know, you, you typically grown comfortable, um, you know, going to certain events and just kind of being looked at strangely. Um, you know, I've gone to political events where people have kind of looked at me like, you know, what, what are you doing here type of deal? Or, um, you know, people, people kind of getting, to, people getting to know me over the phone or getting to know me online. And then when they meet you in person, they're like, oh, you're black. Um, not necessarily in an overtly hateful way, but just like a, a shock. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think people sometimes are, 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 are almost intrigued by, you know, like if you have an, on, an online conversation with somebody about the city and city building or about business, you know, and then you meet them in person, they don't typically expect a black person to have those kinds of interests. They think, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be into music and those kind of things, but they're not, you know, I think sometimes people are shocked that we actually have the same interests as everybody else. Like we can talk about business, we could talk about um, the city. We have, you know, similar interests as everybody else. And a lot of times, you know, for us as, as black people, you know, even going to certain events, we have to think twice before even going to certain events. Like sometimes you have to have that internal dialogue about, am I actually gonna be welcomed at this event? Am I gonna get strange looks? Um, those kinds of things. And I think, you know, I don't think people realize that, you know, as black people, especially as black men, there's a lot of just rejection issues. And, you know, because sometimes even when I go to certain events, I, I tend to be the only black person in the room. And I know for many uh, entrepreneurs, many professionals, they have that same um, experience where they go to a lot of events and they just happen to be the only black person in the room. And there's been times in the past where I've been, you know, just kind of like, how, how come we're not attending but, you know, just even self-assessing, I realized that, you know, there, there, there is a big sense of rejection um, within the Black community. So we've kind of learned to kind of not engage and to kind of just stick to our, our own community. So that's, those are just some of the experiences that, that you know, we, we've had. Um, thanks for sharing that, Kevin. I know this is probably not a completely easy thing to share. And, and I think your points are so uh, bang on. Um, I think there is a certain degree of diversity in Ottawa, but then, you know, when I read your piece and, and just hear, heard what you said here now, um, I think what it makes me think of is that, you know, when we do go to a, a business networking event uh, with a lot of local business leaders, that diversity is probably missing. So, you know, if you're walking the Byward Market or you're in the Rideau Center, you're probably seeing that diversity, but it's not necessarily the case or it's not the case when you're taking a look at uh, business leaders in Ottawa. So uh, it's such a great point, and I think you're really causing a lot of us, me included, to reflect on some of those points. Kevin, you know, in, in order to be helpful here, I, I guess uh, you wrote a second uh, column, 
that was really about what people can do to support people in the black community uh, to build a bigger uh, and stronger Ottawa. Can you can you give us some of those takeaways or some recommendations on uh, what business leaders, uh, people at networking events can do? Um, well, I mean, the first thing is just really understanding that there, there, there are a lot of causes in the city that um, that need help and that need support. And in the article I talked about um, Black Boys Code, uh, which is a, a, um, the Ottawa chapter of a larger organization that just teaches, you know, young Black boys how to how to code. Um, and every every month they hold different events um, across Canada. And then there's obviously the Ottawa chapter, which is, um, I think, just in the past few months become the most, uh, has the highest participation rate out of all the 11 cities um, in the in the actual network, um, there's there's a there's just a variety of of of, of causes. Um, whether it's whether it's you know a black boys code that actually you know actually is engaged in, in the tech space or even outside of tech, there's just a lot of community um, a community initiatives that just you know could use whether it's financial help or just use like the presence of of some of these companies. Um, you know, in the article I talked about, you know, um, one of the one of the local tech firms that hosted a, a meet and greet with a hip hop artist at the Boys and Girls Club that kind of brought together, um, you know, brought together business, you know, community and, and, and arts and culture. So there's things like that. There's obviously there's making still making a statement. There's still organizations that are coming out with statements um, affirming just their, their stance when it comes to diversity. I know a lot of companies are hesitant to do that because it means accountability. It means that, you know, Two years online, someone can come back and say, "Hey, you guys said you were going to do this." Uh, I think still making a statement is is absolutely essential. And I think also just looking at representation when it comes to at the management level, as well as at the the governance level, and, and that's that's not just an Ottawa problem. That's a, a problem when you look across Canada. If you look at some of the biggest um, and most influential companies in Canada, there there really is a lack of diversity when it comes to women, when it comes to people of color. And so I think just looking at how do we integrate these individuals into um, a leadership position, um, whether it's in, in management or at governance, I think that's uh, that also goes a long way. Not, and, not, and not just because they're Black, but because they're good at what they do. And I think that's the key conversation here. It's like, it's, it's not a charity thing. It's not, let's, let's do it because, not just because it's a good thing to do, but because people are qualified and they're able to do the job. And I think at the end of the day, I think people just want a level playing field. And I think that's the... Um, Anything that kind of helps to level the playing field when it comes to Black people and people of color, I think organizations should look take a look at, at those things. You know, especially on the governance or board issues, you know, I think there's been significant academic research that demonstrate that diversity in boards actually makes them stronger. So uh, there might be an altruistic uh, motive, as you just indicated, of having a more diverse board. but. But fundamentally, I think you're also getting better board governance and better board decisions. So, you know, there's multiple reasons to push forward on this. Kevin, you know, we don't want this issue to uh, to start uh, dying away. So we want to keep on en engaging uh, with you. Uh, as we wrap up the podcast, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, look forward a little bit and talk about a piece that you're writing on Faye Beverage. Can you give us a little bit of a preview of that? Yeah, so we want to tell the story of um, Faye Beverage. It's a company here in Ottawa that produces a um, high, well, their main, their main beverage is a hibiscus uh, juice, which is, you know, in the Caribbean and African communities is, is, you know, it's a kind of a staple within our community, but there's also um, some health properties when it comes to hibiscus juice. And so this particular uh, company is kind of bringing 
um, kind of bringing that to kind of a mainstream audience. Uh, she, I think, recently um, got her her beverages. Um, I think they're being sold at one of the Sobeys in the city. I think she has a deal with one of the Sobeys, I think, in the south, south end of the city, uh, who's now carrying her uh, her beverages. So she's kind of having some traction here in the city. And so, we're, yeah, we're going to be telling a story of of, uh, of Faye Beverages and um, just what they're doing in the city when it comes to uh, health drinks. That's great. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And Peter, it looks like you get the final word. Uh, what is uh, what's coming up next week on obj.ca or some of our other projects? Something I'm really excited to start working on uh, next week is a new editorial feature that will be rolling out in the second half of July on obj.ca. It's really a focus on good news in the business community. Uh, earlier in my career, I often joked that one of the reasons why I loved uh, the business beat is that you actually get to tell more good news stories than uh, in some of the other uh, some of the other news beats. Um, but uh, with everything that uh, that the um, the business community has been through in, uh, in the first half of uh, of 2020, what we heard from our audience is that there's a greater there's a greater appetite than ever for uh those really positive uplifting stories you know in the business community so we're going to be looking at launching a new uh column that's uh, really devoted to to celebrating uh milestones launches and uh, another great achievements uh, within the other uh, business community so stay tuned for that that's great thanks thanks for that work peter uh that's all the time we have for today uh i'm going to give a special thanks to kevin Bourne for joining us as our guest thanks again kevin and uh, to you peter for all the good work you do um uh, want to encourage everyone to stay connected with uh, obj by visiting our website obj.ca for regularly updated uh, news stories throughout the week uh if you're interested in uh past or future episodes of this podcast you can visit the OBJ YouTube page, uh, give us a, 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 a bell icon hit to get uh, future notifications on videos. And also you can listen to this in audio format on Spotify and SoundCloud. So a special thanks to Kevin Bourne for being part of today. And thanks to Peter for all the great work he does. I'm Mike Kern. We'll see you soon.